Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. I'm Charlotte Spicer, and today's segment is special because whether you're interested in spirituality, science fiction, or the possibility of life on other planets, or all three, if that is your primary areas of interest, today's show will inspire you in more ways than one. Today we're joined by Craig Campobasso, a beloved and highly respected entertainment industry professional who is also an acting coach in the Los Angeles area. Beyond his success as an Emmy-nominated casting director, Craig's other passion is to write and direct stories that cause people to think, to raise their consciousness, and expand their minds about creation, all while still entertaining in the Hollywood tradition. It was at the age of 26 when he had a spiritual awakening with master teachers, including Melchizedek, and began receiving communications from other dimensions. 27 years later, he continues his training to achieve the desired level of universally awake. The profound past life experiences he learned of from the master teachers are recounted in his book, The Autobiography of an Extraterrestrial Saga, I Am Tehran, which was published on 11-11-11. It is the first in a trilogy about the second coming of consciousness. The foreword by renowned author and psychic Sylvia Brown recommends the book to anyone who enjoys a remarkable story and sees it as being a movie similar to Avatar. He's with us today to discuss his remarkable journey and his book. Welcome to the show, Craig. It's so wonderful to have you on. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, Charlotte. Likewise. I just It's <laughs> such a cool topic. I love it. I and know. We're going to have so much fun today. We, we are. But before we do, I want to do something very special, and I want to, if it's okay with you, I'd like to dedicate this segment to Sylvia Brown oh, and yes. offer our prayers to her. Yes, and that is uh, that is a beautiful idea. Um, she she is just she was an amazing lady, and um, you know, and I miss her every single day as well. So, wow. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't know her, but I'm going to miss her for sure. Even though I, my joy overrides my sadness because I know she's home. I know she's at peace. I know she's you know with loved ones and with God. And I know that's where she wanted to be. So that trumps any um, disappointment I might have at never having been able yeah. to meet her. But you actually did know her. How did how did you meet? Uh, you know, I I many many moons ago I went I was doing a film down at Raleigh Studios, which is near Paramount, and uh, she was doing a lecture up at the Palladium. 
So I went, uh, I went there, I saw her, and uh, I actually wrote her a little letter, and uh, I never thought I was going to get a response, and uh, she actually called me, and we uh, struck up a, you know, a friendship over the years, and talked, and all of that, and then at a certain point when I had a, the first version of this book was 900 pages of uh, the autobiography, so... I asked her if she would take a look at it, which she read in a night, and uh, I wasn't home the next day when she called to tell me how much she enjoyed it, but she left like a 10-minute message why she loved it on my machine, which, of course, I taped and have saved to this day. So um, That was my next question. Anyway, yes, uh, and, you know, so I... um, as I got closer, you know, to publication and all of that, and I, I had to cut the book down to 200 pages. Um, but uh, I asked her if she would write the foreword, and she smiled, and she said, you know, she at that point she had written 65 books to date. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, she said, I get asked to, to write forewords all the time. She said, I only wrote one early on in my career, and she says, and now I'm going to write one for you. And she wrote a doozy. And, and she did. She wrote a beautiful doozy. So um, I, I feel so, so blessed, to, you know, to, uh, to have known her and for her to have done that to help, you know, uh, uh, you know, a first-time writer uh, coming out, and you know all yeah. of that. You know, she. Everyone yeah. has struggles. You know, getting out there and getting this stuff. You know, there. So, so yeah. you know, she really helped. You know, give it some some visibility that it might not have had. And I'm just forever grateful to her. It's like a kiss on the forehead. But what, what uh, yeah. strikes me, what strikes me is, okay, so you wrote her a letter, and naturally, you're not going to expect a response. So you must have been unbelievably surprised when she called what what was yeah. the first thing she said to you what she said uh she said um she said i checked you know she said uh, uh i checked you out you're good you're a good person and um and we ended up just talking and it felt like i knew her my whole life you know um we talked for like 45 minutes and i wow. finally said I'm going to let you off the phone because I don't want you to think, you know, that uh, I don't want to hoard you, you know, because I know what it's like, you know, in my business being a casting director. I mean, people call me and they won't let me off the phone, you know. They've got to tell me every little detail about every, you know, portion of their life. And, um, you know, and it's very... It's very difficult when you're extremely busy, and I know that she was. she's always extremely busy. So, right. uh, anyway, say, it was... Did she say, hi, Craig, this is Sylvia Brown, and you were, like, dropping the phone, or... What I was did. Well, I actually saw it on caller ID, so I, um, I was quite excited, <laughs> yeah. Quite excited. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's so cool. I mean, just to hear her voice on the phone, like, hello, Craig, with that distinctive... Well, her very low, gravelly, distinctive voice, yeah, was yeah. Uh, it was just incredible, just can, just incredible. Can you imitate it? Oh, yeah, well, she would just say, you know, hello, Craig, you know, that's a, <laughs> you know, very, that, that's my bad version of it, but, you know, no, but it was funny. just, you know, it just had so much love and sweetness in her voice, so. Awesome. Yeah, well, I'm happy. Yeah. 
I'm happy that you had that connection with her. Very. Um, oh, thank you. I mean, your whole, yeah, whole, I your whole life is interesting. Let's let's dig into this. So sure. what became what became an interest for you first, spirituality or the entertainment industry, or did they kind of move in stride with one another through the years? What what was your early? Well, years? I I had always wanted to be a part of the entertainment industry. When I when I was a teenager, I wanted to you know I wanted to be an actor, and I went to school and. Uh, you know, and um, went on auditions. I did some commercials and some bit parts and things like that. And then when I was, um, you know, I, I also worked at a film company that made teasers and trailers and all of that. And then I got a job on uh, Dino De Laurentiis's was uh, producing Dune, the original Dune, that Fra- from Frank Herbert's book. Uh, being produced by his daughter, Rafaela De Laurentiis, and directed by David Lynch. Um, I got offered a job on that movie, Sight Unseen, to be a, a production assistant, and I turned it down because I really didn't want to do that. And I didn't even know, you know, I was so young, I didn't know who any of those people were, and I didn't even know what Dune was. That, that should give you a big clue right there. And then that was on a Friday. And the woman who called me from the office called me back on Monday. I I had just quit my other job. And um, long story short, she said, uh, she says, are you sure? You don't even have to interview. You know, you've been highly recommended. Uh, uh, Her brother, I knew her brother uh, was in the business and had recommended me to her. And she she said, "You, you could just start, you know, tomorrow or Wednesday, whenever you want to start. You know, and, and I needed money because I, I, I paid my bills and had fun on the weekend. You know how it is when you're in your, sure. you know, just out of school. So I took the job and I ended up working on the film for four long years and I learned all about filmmaking um, from those great people. And thank God that woman uh, called me back. Yeah. You know, otherwise I would not even be sitting here talking to you because, um, you know, it, it was from that connection that I went into becoming a casting director after, um, you know, after Dune. And, yes. uh, you know, so. Um, Amazing yeah. education. But, well, your efforts paid off because you were nominated for an Emmy Award for yeah. casting Picket Fences, which was produced by David yeah. E. Kelly. Oh, my God, yeah. you're so proud of yourself. Yeah, that was a great show to work on. Um, the David Kelly family was fantastic. It was really yeah. a fantastic place. You know, it's really, you know, when, when people hear people talking about when you work on movies and then it's over and everyone goes their separate ways, it really is sad. You know, it is like losing an extended family, um, yeah. especially when I was on that movie for four years. Yes, I went back and I got to work with, you know, the De Laurentiis on many movies, um, throughout the years but that whole crew and that whole thing that became a family you know um sort of disperses i'm still friends you know with with several people um Mm -hmm. but you know it's just like you know i can imagine like when they just made all the hobbit movies you know they literally shoot them they shoot them back to back to back and they take time off in between so this that became a gigantic family for two years for all of those people and then there's the premiere and it's over. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, and, and the magic so. 
the magic of those moments and building together and putting your creativity together and being so engaged in a, in a project like that, and you form these bonds, and then it's okay, yeah. everybody goes their separate ways, and it's a real letdown. I, you know, I've been in projects that I've inv- I was involved with, and, and you're in such a, a creative spiritual high the whole time, and yeah. it feels like a dream, but then you've got to kind of exactly. move on to something else. So Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, so since you're into um, the spirituality and intuition and all of everything in that arena, when you're casting for a project, to what level do you use your intuition to select the right people for the team and the success of the project? Well, I, I really go off my intuition when I'm looking at a photograph. I can really, it's almost like I can look into the soul of the actor whose picture I'm looking at and almost see if they have either had those experiences in a past life or if they would know those experiences and be able to create them from imagination. Um, Or that they may have had similar experiences in their life that they could draw from. So, um, you know, so I usually really cast off off of that intuition. Um, you know, and uh, bring the people in, and it's really, it's really amazing. I uh, I recently met a um, a psychic healer, and and they said, oh, you work with actors. They, you know, they're picking it up, and uh, and he said, oh, you really go deep, and you pick, you know, you uh-huh. you pick the people that have had this, or you know. And I said, yes, I do. I said that's very perceptive. Yeah. You know, so that's, um, and that's the way to go. You want every you want everybody to be successful. You don't want a mismatch of energy, right? Up. You could, it could right. totally change the scene. So yeah, perfect. We'll see. Yeah. You said okay. Yeah, so yeah. It's actually kind. Of, it's stuff. kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I use it. <laughs> I, I use it on a on a daily basis, pretty much. You know, I, I use yeah. it for the show. I, I um evaluate everybody based on their level of spiritual integrity. That's how you get on the show. <laughs> yeah, but, absolutely. Like Sylvia said, I know you're up there. But um, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, I know, I cheated. I, was, I, I have to. What am I going to do? I want to make sure there's authenticity for my listeners then. And it's that's right. for both of us. So, Well, let's talk that's about right. another project that you have, okay? Sure. Okay. Um, recently, you completed a feature-length screenplay based on a book by... Uh, Dr. Frank E. Stranges. How, is, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, yeah, Dr. Stranges. Uh-huh. Stranges, and that was first released in 1967, and it's a UFO classic. Tell us what Stranger at the Pentagon is about. Well, Stra- Stranger at the Pentagon is about a, uh, and it's uh, the book is a true story, um, and you know, so it really is up to the reader to, you know, to say if they believe it or not. But it's based on a true story. Um, and it's about a created being who came here in 1957, met with President Eisenhower and Vice President Richard Nixon, uh, came with a divine design to, um, to help the people of the earth uh, to eliminate sickness, disease, poverty, um, and to help prolong life. And uh, this created being's name was Valiant Thor. And um, 
he uh, was put on VIP status by Eisenhower for three years where where he uh, was at the Pentagon during this three-year transition period of where they would discuss the proposal and, you know, many other things. So, mm-hmm. so the book is about that, but it's also about vignettes throughout the year as Dr. Frank met this valiant Thor on December 24th, 1959, and then uh, met him again in 1961 and had a friendship with him up until his passing in 19 or in um, 2008. So um, anyway, when when he was alive, uh, Dr. Frank, I were I worked on a, a feature-length script. Um, about the whole story because I just found it extremely fascinating. In the book, there's actually photographs taken by a retired Air Force photographer of Valiant Thor and two other members of his crew, uh, a man and a woman, yeah, uh, Vice Commander Dawn and Jill, who Jill is the wife of another Vice Commander, Zan, who came along for the ride. Um, And these photographs were taken... Um, you know, during those three years when he was uh, when he was here. So um, I can't go. You know, it's such a fascinating story. I wish I could go in yeah. depth. But if people want to know more, they could just go to strangeratthepentagon.com. dot okay. com. And if you scroll on the first page, there's some videos. I've, I'm I'm doing the short film right now. It's already shot. And um, I'm halfway through visual effects because we have 68 visual effects shots in just a short film. Um, And uh, at the very bottom of the page, I did a little seven-minute video that tells the whole story, which is really quite fascinating. And if you toggle through all the pages, you'll see... You'll see a picture, uh, artist rendering of Victor One, which is Valiant Thor's craft and the blueprints. Uh, it holds up to 200 people. Um, and you can see wow. movie stills and um, all kinds of things. You'll have a really good time toggling through all of that. And then, you know, this is, uh, and this is our entree into uh, investors to... Um, you know, uh, to then get the big giant feature film funded, which is already and set to go. Uh, by the way, Stranger at the Pentagon, the book, and other books by Dr. Stranges um, are all out of print. They go for 300 to to $1,000 on Amazon. So if anybody is interested in those, I do have the last remaining uh, pristine copies, brand new copies from the publisher. Um, and wow. you can get those, yeah, you can get those on the website under Help Fund Short Films. So we're just trying to raise the final monies to finish the short and then to start putting the film in film festivals and all that kind of stuff as well. So uh, okay. it's really, really cool. It's really cool. It sounds like a fabulous project, and if, if yeah. anyone listening, if you or anybody you know would like to jump on board and be part of this project, this is a good way to do it. Um, you never know who the message can get out to, so tell, tell anybody you know who has an interest in these things and see if we can't raise some yeah. money for this project, okay? Um, yeah. Wow, fantastic. And we do have a Facebook page uh, as well uh, if people want updates there too. So it's just Stranger at the Pentagon movie. On Facebook, okay. On Facebook, yeah. Terrific. Well, let's talk about the book. Sure. Let's talk about your fabulous, fabulous book that I read in almost one full sitting. 
And if, if you would like to, ladies and gentlemen, go to the website while we're talking about the book, go to autobiography of an ET, all one word, dot com, yeah. and you'll be able to see the book trailer and a few of the beautiful illustrations that are included in this book. And terrific job with uh, depicting all the characters in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And check that out while, while we're talking, if you like. And, and we'll go over the other things that are offered on the website uh, towards the end of the show. But, Craig, um, I wanted to mention, you dedicated the book to your mom. Yes, How was I she instrumental in helping you achieve what I'll call a fuller expression of your true self and, and about the writing? Do you know, um, from the time, you know, I can always remember, she would always... It, she would always say periodically, um, you know, when you were in my stomach, I knew you came here to be a writer. Huh. You know, so even when I was a teenager and said, you know, I, I want to do acting, you know, she supported me in everything that I wanted to do. And, and you know, you uh, know, we just found the right resources, you know, to get out there and meet agents and, you know, get set up with agencies and all of that. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, there was a lot of struggling years and there were times where I had to, you know, I needed blocks of time where I could write and focus because, you know, this information, you can't just go, okay, I'm going to write today and then in five weeks I can get back to it, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, her and my father would, um, you know, they, they literally on two occasions took seconds on their home just to give me time to write and get me the proper materials to, you know, like I went, I think when I first started, I had, you know, the old typewriter. Then I had right. a word processor, you know. Right, and, yeah, I remember You that know, day. all of those things. And just, you know, I look back at that now, and I just, um, just the belief and the, that they even did that for me, you know, still makes me really, really teary-eyed, you know, that um, they went to that extent to believe in the process of what was going on. So, of course, book two is dedicated to my father. So book one, my mom got, and book two is dedicated to my father. But, well, um, you know, but but my mom was just the best mom in the world. I mean, you know, she... uh, she just she loved life she loved everything and um she was just such a great great spiritual lady who uh would just bend over backwards for anyone and everyone you know i swear she could i i would find her she would find a homeless person and she'd just be talking to them you know and i'm like you know mom we gotta go you know oh just a sec you know and or (laughs) she could be talking to royalty and it'd be the same thing you know Yeah. Um, I I once uh, we came in contact with uh, Steven Spielberg's mom. Mm -hmm. Oh my God! I could not pry those two apart. They were, (laughs) they literally, literally were. um, I think it was about three or four hours. Oh, my, on the first meeting? No, I'm talking, they were just, like, engrossed, you know. It was great, so. I know how it is. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I've had those moments. Well, I love her picture and her beautiful face, and so a special 
Uh, yeah. Shout out to Marie Donna King, Camp of Basso. Hello, we That's love you. Bad. We, we know you're you, watching Marie. over us. Yes, and, indeed. Well, well I'm happy <laughs> that you, you had. You have a pretty interesting life. You've got fantastic parents, interesting friends. Yeah. You're pretty cool, yeah. man. But I'd like oh, to. Oh, thanks. I'd like to um, read a little something out of the book for those who, because we're going to get into what the book's about, and it is about extraterrestrials and galaxies and different planets and a lot of interesting stuff. So you yeah. put something in the beginning that really struck me, and I'd like to read that aloud, if that's okay. Sure. Okay, you wrote, For those who believe there is life elsewhere, in this universe and others, no explanation of this work is necessary. For those who do not believe, no explanation will suffice. I think you nailed it with that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, it's, again, you know, it's not, it, it's just sharing experience and information. It's not about uh, people's belief systems or if they believe it or if they don't believe it or, you know, those kinds of things. It's really it's really just about sharing and and you know all of that so it's not it's not you know something that um you know is to be put up on a on a debate block you know right. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it you know that kind of thing and of course you know it's just like with anything even i tell my my acting students you know i say everything i teach you I said, you use what you can use, and the rest you throw away. Yes, that's true of everything. You know, and it's the same thing. If whatever your belief systems are, you know, it, it, you know, it's just it's just there to give you other ways, shapes, and ideas. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, w- one uh, one response I got uh, early early on was from a woman who never read a. a a science fiction book or a thing. She was really into analytical war books, if you could believe it. Um, And she told me that. And she said, I came across your book and I read your book. And she said, I was so blown away because my linear earth thinking never thought about what was out there in the universe. And you blew my mind wide open. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I went, yeah. wow, that's like really, really amazing. So, you know, it's just giving, you know, ideas of, uh, you know, what to expect in the years to come because, you know, there there is a point. You know, the whole point to all of this is uh, back on December 21st of last year was when all the all the planets in our galaxy lined up. Yes. And in that alignment our Earth became one with the rest of our solar system, meaning that Earth is now ready for universal society. Interesting. And, and that all, everything now is going to start coming and being about that, and then people are going to go, well, how can that be? Nobody lives right. on these other planets. Well, yeah, they do. They live on the interior of the planet That's, because yeah. they control weather, temperature, they have these incredible things called um, synchrotron skies, which go from day to night. And when you look up, you're like looking up into an infinite sky. It is the same exact thing as if you're on the outside of the planet, but you're not getting pelted by all of the environmental stuff. 
you know. So they've learned these these incredible resonation fields and things, and that's why they all stay young. They they get to nobody's going to look like they're past thirty three, pretty much. You know, and depending wow. on how long, you know, all the different races on different planets live, you know, each each planet sort of has their, um, what do you call it, you know, their, their uh, allotted lifespan to learn what they went to that planet to learn. You right. know, so if it's 2,500 years, ima- you know, imagine that wow. here, what's ours, 75 to 100 you know, yes. some people make it over over a hundred. Some some races go for five hundred years. Some go for a thousand. You know, but um, but it's really in that in that sphere. It means what you are going there to learn. Each planet teaches something different. Earth teaches duality. It it teaches. It's we're in elementary school. We're in univer in the universal elementary school here on Earth right. and duality, learning how to merge our duality to become one and fully conscious. Right. And that's what the rest of the universe is. is. That's why we're they're waiting for us to catch up. So, mm. so the big basis of the book is about the program of seeding starseed consciousness on these worlds like Earth that mm-hmm. comes from a program out of Melchizedek called the Starseed Alignment, and it is where advanced souls who are already fully conscious go back and incarnate into worlds of duality because they've already gone through it. So as they lift up, the rest of the planet, the consciousness lifts up. So really, if you think about, like, the past, since the 70s on, mm-hmm. we have, like, made leaps and bounds spiritually on this on this planet, literally. I agree. You know, I mean, really leaps and bounds. And how they measure it is, you know, they send just enough of these messengers, star seeds, in areas or dense areas or things like that and as it starts to go more and more are sent and and there some stay and and go through you know they go through several cycles you know um yeah. like the the beginning messengers actually have to come in and live a lifetime as every race and religion on earth to understand it so if they come back in a mighty messenger category meaning they're coming to then teach the masses Right. about spiritual things um they know they're they're loving and respecting of every view because they've already walked in their shoes got you i see well yeah. i always i always thought it was possible that there was life on other planets but i'm a believe it when i see it type of person but i think it's yeah. arrogant of us to think that we're the only ones here and that's kind of where i stood but up until recently and certain experiences that i've had just in the past year year and a half, have really opened my mind to the reality of life right. on other planets. When this happened for you, was it difficult to incorporate what you were learning, the, the evidence of a past life, into your thinking? How you know, was that like? I, I had always, um, I never thought, I, I have to be honest with you, I, I was always a good, I was brought up correctly, I was always a good kid, um, you know, I, I was uh, loving towards everyone. 
um, when I, you know, when I hit my, when I hit 26 and I had my spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. I was not into science fiction. I never thought about extraterrestrials. I never, you know, I never, you know, I never watched Star Trek. I mean, I remember falling asleep in Star Wars in 1977, you know, um, because it, you know, not that it was boring. It was just that. I just fell asleep during the movie, you know, and I, I kind of look back at that going, you know, wow, I was so asleep, you know, I really was asleep. And then when I had my spiritual awakening, which was in 1986, it all came alive and, and I started feeling all of this. And then I started uh, becoming an experiencer, um, you know, when I all these master teachers um, which we, you know, which weren't from here. They looked like us. Um, some, one, one race uh, was a little different than all the humans that were coming. But, um, but it was amazing when I saw them. It was as, as if I knew them, my entire lineage of, of my soul, and I was enveloped in love, and I, I. Uh, you know, I just was seeing them in dream states for many months, and then I would see them in the dream states, and then I would wake up in the dream, and I'd be awake in my bed, but my eyes were closed, and it was still happening inside my mind. And then that went on for a little while, and then that same process would happen, and I would open my eyes, and their astral forms would be standing in my bedroom smiling. Wow. So gradually this is how they I got more and more used to it and that it be, was indeed a reality. And then What is that? I have no idea. These <laughs> <laughs> are killing me. Where did I come from? I have no idea. Sorry about was that. The, was it the Skype? It was Skype, and, and it just—I don't know. This is this is so funny. But go ahead. <laughs> but I, that was a, that was that was the little uh, interlude for everyone. So uh, anyway, um, but you know, so then it, then then you know, the next part of the experience went on to become where. I would go to these other realms with them, and and one of the very first experiences were three of these beings feeding me this incredible golden light from their palms that went inside my body, my soul body, uh, my mental body. And when I I, uh, came back and opened my eyes, I was just like, I felt, like I was in this euphoria that I couldn't explain and what they had done was is they had woken up all of my cells to become the god the god I am and later I would find that two of these master teachers actually came from the realm of the great I am and um which is just you know was just so fascinating to me and um but what that what that did was is I opened my heart and I saw the beauty 
behind every piece of creation here. I could look at a person and, and almost like read their soul history and what they were going through, and I could see their pain and their learning, and it would bring me to literal tears. Mm. Every day it went on for at least 8 to 12 times a day, I would have these experiences, and then I would sob uncontrollably. And I'm not talking about crying. I'm talking about full-blown sobbing. Weeping, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, and, um, and that lasted for eight months. And, um, and, and imagine me interviewing actors and then seeing the stuff that was in them and seeing how beautiful they were on the inside, and I would have to go run into another room, get the cry out, and come back in. Yeah. I can, I can yeah, imagine. No. Yeah, Explain and I, I – go ahead. Uh, well, I was, you can finish what you're saying, and then I had a clarifying question to ask you. Yeah, no, I, I was just saying, you know, it was, it, I just never thought that I was going to stop crying. You know, at yeah. a certain point I started to get worried, you know. So, um, but, but I did. It lasted eight months. Okay, that's good to hear. And when, when you say when, – when you realize the, the God that you are, um, for the listeners – are you referring to the spark of God that's in you and when we take full ownership of that and realize our yeah. true selves? Is, is right. Talk a little bit about that so that we don't – because this conversation, no doubt, will be met with some probably some raised eyebrows. But explain – I know what you mean by that, but I want you to explain it so that they understand. Sure. It, it's um, not lowercase g because we both grew up Catholic. Right. And <laughs> – well, for three years, well, it's, it's, yes, it's the spark of the source of God that is, that is everyone. So we are, all of us here, we are all the many in the one, within the one. So, so that is a part of what the I am that I am is. It's um, I am you, you are me, um, and, you know, and all of us together are one. Mm-hmm. So we're we're basically we're all we're the same spark that is experiencing having individual experiences and then when we cross over or you know go on to different things we add our illumination back into the spark and it's quite illuminating. That's so um great. you know and and here's the thing you know some of us are awake and some of us are asleep, and some of us are awake at certain at different levels. You know, I mean, yeah, there's there's so much. You know, I and I'll, I'll go through things throughout my life where I'll get to a certain point and go, you know, I, where I plateaued, and then the next level of learning starts creeping in. Like right now, I've just bumped up to another new level that me and all, like even all my friends and and. Everyone's feeling it as we're all being raised up another, you know, another notch. Um, Interesting. You know, so it's, uh, you know, because, you know, you can't get it all at once. Otherwise, you, your head would explode, you know. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so uh, so really, you know, it's it's all of us, you know. So we can call it source or we can call it God or, right. you know. I just like, oh. I, I've always loved the word God, so. Me too. Um, I just, yeah. I just I'm not a white bearded man. Yeah, not a white bearded man. You know, or an old woman. 
the God self part of you. The God I just wanted self. everybody to understand right. what you were saying so that they didn't yeah. think it's a little weird. I want them to realize, you know, the, the God self, the higher self, whatever terminology you use, whatever religion you subscribe to, this is That's right. just that, that one universal concept that we are all one we all come from the same source we all have the same creator or father and that makes us all brothers and sisters and that's what we do that's on the right show. there you okay. go that's it tell you, tell you what craig let's take a quick break and when we come back i'd like to dig a little bit into the story okay oh that sounds great awesome okay hang on everybody we'll be right back after these messages the odds of a young girl being discovered by an industry insider while singing to herself pumping gas One in 300 million. The odds of the daughter of a clergyman from Severn, Maryland, spending 11 weeks at number one on the U.S. singles charts. One in 19 million. The odds of going on to win six Grammy Awards. One in 1.4 million. The odds of selling over 40 million records. One in 800,000. The odds of this musician and performer having a child diagnosed with autism. One in 88. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Explore new areas of interest, expand your knowledge, and gain clarity about your life's purpose at the Ocala Inter Center. Affectionately known as OIC, the Ocala Inner Center, just two blocks south of Town Square, offers workshops, classes, healing meditations, and special events for the Ocala, Gainesville, and Central Florida spiritual community. Check out our calendar of events at OcalaInnerCenter.com. And if you're looking for a place for your next workshop or seminar, go to OcalaInnerCenter.com and give Jean a call. Hello, everyone. We are back. We are here with Craig Campobasso, author of the autobiography of an extraterrestrial saga, I Am Tehran. I just want to start with, you know, you're a terrific storyteller. The components in the book are all fantastic, but weaving it together could not have been easy. And the book reads like an extraterrestrial reality show in that (laughs) it's complete with interesting characters and real situations that the reader can relate to. It has relationship conflicts, DNA drama, weddings, funerals, spiritual warfare, for lack of a better term, you know, you've got a lot of higher beings and Lucifer archangels, and yet throughout, the story is infused with extremely profound spiritual truths. And yeah. while I'm sure for the sake of the story you had to lend a certain degree of creative license, the story is actually structured and built around the truth as you understand it, as it was revealed to you. But you did a fabulous job in bringing in all these vivid descriptions of other planets, modes of transportation, teleportation, and especially the physical appearances of the characters who are essentially real. And they totally transport the reader to like a beautiful world. Like I could really see it. And it just felt, it seemed to pulse with love and purity. Was it difficult for you to convey the beauty that you saw and that you understood into words that human beings could really process? You know, yeah. I mean, um, you know, when when the book was uh, a lot bigger, um, you know, it, it was really more um, 
for lack of a better word, uh, more even more descriptive and more um, used a lot of even bigger, you know, words and things like that. So, um, you know, so when I when I went in, you know, and did the last draft to cut it down to 200 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I went back to what my guides had told me way in the beginning is that this is this book is for the layman, you know, and yes. that you know, and by the way, I'm a layman, so <laughs> you <Right>. know. <laughs> and I was like, you know, because there was a there was some concepts that I wrote down. And I was like, you know what? I don't even get that, you know. So I would have to figure out how to put it into simplistic terms for people to understand so that because i figured if i could understand it then you know uh that kind of thing and of course and everybody else could and of course i did you know i had several people who were into this kind of material and some who weren't read it beforehand so i could get from them what they understood and what they didn't understand and tried to you know make those fixes before the uh you know, uh, okay. Yeah, you know, to well, to get it out there. But but yes, but you know, basically when I started the book, um, my guide said just keep writing and don't stop, don't stop okay. to edit, don't do anything um as you're going through the process. And uh, so really when I wrote the initial long book in longhand form, I um I didn't know it was like reading a book. I was like, "What's that? Who? What?" Yeah, you know. And I'm like, "What? I don't even know. What's a, a heroid? What's that?" You know. Yeah. But mm-hmm. as it would go through, I would get what they what everything was, and then you know, then later on, once it was all out, they would come in and explain it, and then I would get more of the. Um, you know, the explanation behind uh, what certain things were and that kind of thing where I can elaborate. So that's why I put the terminology of the extraterrestrial worlds in the back of the book so I could cut out a lot of that explanation and stick to story. Right. Um, You know, so if people do get the book, make sure that you go to the back of the book and read the terminology first. And and you can also look at all of the over 40, I think there's about 40 plus, um, you know, uh, artwork rendering. Oh, uh, oh, and the pronunciation guide as well, yes, of yeah. all the, you know, the extraterrestrial names and things like that. So, and, and, yeah. yes, and, and of course, and then looking through, you know, and then you can look through all the artwork to get a vibe um, of you know, of who all the characters are uh, and their energy because their energy is really carried in all those photos, you know. I mean, when I uh, get a lot of letters from people, you know, uh, saying, you know, how the book changed them and that also in looking at the the photos also helped them so much uh, because they, they felt home. They just kept saying home, home. Yes. You know. I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so let me ask you about one thing I'd, I'd like to offer an explanation um, because you deal with it a great deal. Uh, who is Melchizedek and what is the Isle of Melchizedek? Well, Father, Father Melchizedek is the architect of the spiritual university of the entire universe, which is called Melchizedek. 
and um, he is in the spiritual hierarchy. He is the right arm of Archangel Gabriel. Okay. So he is the you know, and through through Melchizedek, all the programs of the light go out unto all the worlds. Now the Isle of Melchizedek is an outer space city, listen to this, of 490 planets. Wow. So you can't really, you know, if you're, if you're sitting in a spacecraft, for instance, and you're looking at the planets, you'll see them from one end all the way. You know, you really can't get them all into your whole scope and view. Um, right. But if you had a specialized magnifying screen, you could, because the magnifying screens can do anything at any universal distance. Uh, all you have to do is just program your thought of that's what you want to see, and boom, it's there. So, so, um, so it's really quite spectacular. And um, Tehran actually teaches on University Planet 22, um, is where he um, is uh, uh, an instructor to the young messengers who are going out into younger worlds um, uh-huh. and at the college level. And then uh, when when his gradu when one of his gradu when one of his classes graduates because you know he has different levels that right. he that he goes through. Then he takes them to University Planet 23, and they learn their final, their final um, missions. Who they'll be, okay. what they're what they're meant to to do in their lifetimes. Um, okay. You know, uh, all those kinds of things. It's really it's really fascinating. It is. Do they always reincarnate to uh, or incarnate into Earth, or is it other planets as well? Oh, other planets as well. Yeah, it's about different levels. But Earth, okay. Earth, yeah, and Earth is right. You know, Earth is the main focus because it's the one that's getting transitioned uh, next. So it's always been a focus, but now it, it's got a very, uh, a very um, uh, concentrated focus now because it's the next world that's going into becoming fully conscious like the rest of the world. So this is why you have so many brilliant people. I mean, just really when you look at, when you look on the planet and you, and you see the, the amount of beings that have just done so much for the planet, you know, Um, Uh I mean, you know, and I, I, you know, even Oprah, I mean, yeah. Oprah's like an angel in human well, form. Well, it's a force of My nature. God. She is like an incredible force of nature. And it's, yeah. you know, and you think of that and you just, you know, um, you know, and, and it's really to, sh- you know, to remind people on Earth that there are these incredible beings that are overseeing and overlooking the planet. Mm-hmm. Um and all worlds are all overseen by by these realms, even though they're they're not seen to us because we're here learning something different than what's up there. Because if we if we were physically in touch with them up there, then we'd want to go there. 
right. and we wouldn't focus on what we're supposed to be doing down here. So, Absolutely. So, but you can connect with them, and you might get appearances by them, and you might get certain things, you know, just, just like mm-hmm. me. I know a lot of people are having lots of, um, you know, uh, experiences similar to mine and all of that. Mine have always been about unconditional love and, and you know, all of that and, uh, you know, to strive, really strive for that and understanding the dual mind, you right. know. Right. Well, to be honest, in part of my mind, I find it hard to believe I'm even talking about this stuff. Except that in recent, just in the recent past, I had an experience. I had some entity do a healing on me, and it, I'm not crazy. And yeah, I know what was yeah. happening, and I felt the love coming from them, so I relaxed into the experience. It was beautiful, and it changed me. So little yeah. by little, I'm open to more and a more complete understanding, but I know what I saw and what I felt, um, what he was doing to my chakras, and he was very kind. And that was it. That's as far as I got with that experience. But I look forward to right. others that might... As long as it isn't a distraction, like you said, and I, you know, I need to focus on what I'm trying to do in my life and for others. But um, that's right, and and you know, here here's the thing: I have always been open and have talked about it. You know, even when I was going through these experiences back in '87, I would have spiritual gatherings at my house, and we would all share experiences, and you know. Um, uh, all of that, and then you know, throughout all the years, you know, I worked with many, um, f- uh, you know, famous movie stars, TV stars, this and that, and I usually at some point get engrossed in deep spiritual conversation with them, and you know, you would be surprised just how many big people are in, not only into all of this, but have had their own experiences as well. So, yeah, so I, I uh, you know, would have lots of spiritual gatherings at my house and, you know, lots of people in the business, you know, agents, managers, actors, you know, people who were in the UFO field. And, you know, we would just talk about experiences and, uh, you know, um, and then throughout the years, too, you know, I deal with a lot of movie stars, TV stars, um, people in the industry. And I, you know, at some point we end up always talking about it and you would be surprised just how many gigantic, you know, people who, you know, are in the industry have had their own major experiences and no all doubt. of that. I mean, they would never come out and talk about it publicly, you know, uh, for fear of, you know, yeah, because, uh, you know, Pretty they really cool. can't. Yeah, right. they really can't, but... Um, but, you know, the more that we all talk about it and share it, it'll become more of a common place where then everyone could be open and share what's really in their heart to the world so people yeah. can really see who they truly are. Yeah, Shirley MacLaine inspired me because she came out with this in the 70s, and I was like, what? That's right. And yeah. I, yeah. Just, I just resonated with everything she said. I think yeah. I have her book. She's fantastic. I would love to speak to her today. And Could you imagine she was at that level then where she is now? I would love to have a yeah. conversation with her. So, yeah. Well, there are a number of concepts that are explored in the book, and it adds such major spiritual depth to the story. Just to touch on a few, you mentioned um, primary focus is Christ consciousness, but right. you also mentioned the Akashic Records, important. Twin Flames, yeah. I consider that extremely important because everybody keeps looking for a soul, Soulmate, which, right. and I, I can't I, I can't transition people 
over to the use of the word twin flame fast enough. Duality right. disorder, karma, interplanetary travel, evolution of the soul. And then Tehran, the main character, gets to meet his shadow. Some people refer to this as the shadow self or the ego. Yeah. Yeah. And right. you even have a scene between Tehran and Lucifer that blew me away. And yes. so let's just, let's yeah. just quickly touch, because we don't have a whole lot of time, but let's quickly touch sure. on a few things. Let's talk about Christ consciousness. And, well, and, you know, Christ, Christ consciousness is the same as being fully conscious, just so everybody knows. You know, it's right. just the terminology, uh, you know, that is universally used as well. Um, and, uh, you know, because they, everybody already are Christ or fully conscious. Right. Uh, well, not everybody. All worlds aren't, but all the, all, all the older worlds are. Um, you know, and... Uh, but you know, Tehran, uh, interestingly enough, being born in a in a society that is fully conscious, he actually is born with a duality disorder, which inflicts one in two hundred thousand up there because these anomalies come in so that people in in their in their scope and their frame as they're growing up and learning they're actually dealing with somebody who is dualistic and it keeps them understanding of it because they're not of that you know so mm-hmm. so Tehran actually ends up going to a, a school called Kurotrophos uh which is designed for um dualistic Children, where he meets two of his best mates there, Pandasala and Soltar, right. and um, and so they're sort of like you know the three amigos trying going through, you know going through uh, you know many hundreds of years of of evolvement, um, and uh, you know try and to attain. You know, their goal is to try and attain becoming fully conscious, to attain their mm-hmm. Christ consciousness. So. Tehran, you know, part of part of his um, thing is to is to understand it, and he is given a task where he does have to go and um, uh, speak to uh, you know Lucifer. Lucifer. And but he has to become fully conscious before he does it. So he actually goes into the shadow chamber, which is on Marama planet, which is where the great I am is. And um, and he actually meets and speaks with his shadow and understands for the first time what his dark side is. And instead of pushing his dark side away, like most people do, and they shove it way deep, deep in their soul so nobody mm-hmm. will ever discover that part of them, he actually merges with his shadow and becomes at one with it. So now... He is fully conscious, and he is working. Now the light and the dark work hand in hand to promote God or the God you are or the God you are within you that's in everybody right. else. So, so a- it's an ama- it, 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 that is one of the most mind-blowing chapters. I, that is like one of my favorite chapters. And, of course, the chapters, there's three chapters with him and Lucifer, um, and to understand that whole Luciferian thing, but also, you know, I do like the interaction that he also has with, uh, you know, Archangel Michael as well. Yeah, so I like it, that too. Well, you let know, me give so, everybody a little sneak peek, if that's okay. Sure. When he goes to Marama Planet and he goes to the Shadow Chamber, there are two higher beings 
who are explaining the evolution of the soul to him, and this is what they say, which is, uh, this stuff is so good. Um, the male elder says, experiences are collected and siphoned through the soul for learning. Experience does not discriminate between the mental, the spiritual, or the physical. Experience is the catalyst for the evolution of the soul. He goes on to say, you must understand why the shadow shadows every soul, including yourself. This will give you insight into Lucifer, the universal shadow. So these two elders are explaining to Tehran that, you know, when he explains that, that'll give him the insight and be able to speak to Lucifer, who is the ultimate universal shadow. shadow. Yeah. And then in this chapter, um, so he steps into the shadow chamber, Tehran does, and is met with, those aspects of his shadow self or ego and it says Tehran looked at his shadow he was a mirror of his hidden insecurities he couldn't lie to him and had to be truthful he was the part of Tehran that knew all of his secrets all of his darkest secrets there was no escaping communion with him Tehran was exposed and terrified he warned him I never wanted you to surface I told you to stay deep down inside where no one would ever discover that part of me the reply is but I have kept you safe by holding you hostage in your present belief system. Tehran accused, I have trusted you in the past. You have only brought me trouble and pain that led to my own deception of myself. I have been in strong denial of you. To which the shadow replies, I am patient. He replies, your denying me empowers me. I know you'll yearn to be with me again. It's easy to meet my desires. That's brilliant stuff. Yeah, God, you know what? I, I've never heard somebody else read it out loud, and I'm just sitting, my body's just ringing with chills. You know, I really have never heard anybody read it out loud. Yeah, so, yeah, it really, like, it really is powerful stuff, you know? And, but it gives a visual of talking to a mirror image, a, a darker shadow image, without the use of the word ego, which is what, another thing that we teach about on the show, but to look into a mirror and see that dim reflection and then having yeah. to say something like that it's so easy yeah you know it's it's so easy to meet my desires because i know your fears it's brilliant yeah so i just wanted yeah. to share that and then when he now he's after that experience he does get it together and he does go to see lucifer and i was surprised that lucifer actually enjoys speaking with him and kind of lightens up a bit in his presence and I like what he said to Lucifer, which was, um, Tehran used the healing octaves in his voice. You must accept responsibility that you have set an irrefutable example to other souls who have followed you. And remember that God forgives and loves everybody, even you, Lucifer. But knowing God forgives, then perpetrating a crime with that knowledge and believing forgiveness, not karma, will follow, is not the true voice of reason. Tehran yeah. let out his last great boon. It takes a powerful person to accept that they are 100% spiritually responsible for themselves and not put the blame on someone else or on God. It's just, you know, the, the story is yeah. great and the way it moves is great, but the things like that, and these are just a couple examples, really drives a universal message home. And finally, at the end, he leaves and he's in his ship, and it says, Tehran watched Lucifer from his ship's magnifying screen, which means he's in his ship, but he can see what Lucifer's doing on the ground of the planet he just left. His heart spoke this to his mind. Loneliness can create demons. Love and understanding can make them angels again. 
love yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. You know, but there, you know, uh, uh, and interestingly enough, Lucifer had be, has been imprisoned on prison planet six for two hundred thousand years, and he has refused all, all, um, you know, where they've tried to send people to interview him in the past to take down a lateral statement. He refused everyone, and um, and he actually said yes to to Ron. But there's a very there there's a reason for that, which we're not we won't spoil no, for the readers. We'll get into that, yeah. um, but there's a there's a you know a very deep reason for that, which is known which was only known to Archangel Michael. So um, you know, very so it's it's very interesting and interwoven. Um, you know the bigger you know what's great about it is it's got the it's got the greater duality of the universe and then the and then the personal duality to overcome as well and it's overcoming both interestingly enough you know so right. yeah. well it's 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 fantastic and even that that chapter is very um insightful like even when lucifer goes to explain why he became as dark as he did it actually i actually felt a little bit of compassion yeah i was shocked i was shocked that i actually felt compassion when i read that that his explanation like this is why this is these were the steps that i took and this is what i became absolutely fascinating and yeah you 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 understand why he did what he did it doesn't mean that what he did was right, right but you 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 do understand it and you know and you could see why so many followed him because he actually had um i mean his reason was kind of valid in a way you know in a way. I mean, in a way, in a way, it kind of was, and you well, know, if you know, and that's why, you know, that's why everything is is you know based on belief systems. So absolutely, yeah, you it's know, just, and it's amazing. But you, um, you just the way you wove the story together, and it just it just moves along so quickly. And I wanted to, like I said, um, a few minutes ago, I just wanted to touch on. I want to read the ter- the uh, definition you give in the terminology on twin flame and let's tell people why twin flame is just the proper term to use rather than soulmate which, sure and for me maybe you'll agree with me when you say soulmate right now i would have you picture in your mind the three most tumultuous hardest relationships you've been in and those are your soulmates because they bring a lot of karma with them that needs to be worked out when yeah. you when you go for a twin flame here's Craig's definition, the counterpart to the soul. Through many mortal lifetimes, the twin soul will gravitate towards itself. They usually reach each other when Christ's consciousness has been attained or nearly attained, the female being the negative charge and the male the positive. It really is a relationship where you can grow together in unison and you're already compatible on so many levels. It's almost, it almost feels too good to be true when you meet this person. Yes, because you are the exact mirror image of of the other. Yes. You know, and it's my, it's really it's really extraordinary. It is, and in my experience I waited for over a year for the other shoe to drop and it never did. I figured nobody can keep an echo in this good. 
for that long. Right, <laughs> right. And, and and I agree with real. you on the soulmate thing. You know, soulmates are or everybody you feel a connection to. You know, positive. You know, whether you're having negative uh, learning experiences or. Right. Or, you know, friendship experiences, like you know that you've known them before. Or, you know, or I, I always call them a soul group. You know, we all come yes. in with the soul group that we learn from, and we all sort of come in and out of each other's lives. I'm still blown away by people I meet who are friends with this one and that one, and I'm like, how do you even know them? Do you know? I mean, it was like last night in the middle of, you know, uh, the valley, I'm sitting out with my aunt and uncle and my cousin and my sister and her husband, and we're just talking, and a car drives by and stops uh, to say hi to my aunt and uncle, and my brother-in-law is, oh, yeah, I know you, my daughter, blah, 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 and I was like, oh, my God, you know, it's like <laughs> such a small it is a small world because you know, so but it but it just shows how we're yeah yeah the, we're the, all everybody in that soul circle just uh, gravitates towards toward each other at the appointed time and it's click there you go yeah absolutely wow 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 well this is a fantastic <laughs> book and I know your other projects will be just as a, just as successful Craig and uh, let's tell you. everybody let's. Tell them about the website where you can get the book. It's Autobiography of an ET. Write that all out, straight one word, dot com. And there you can re- you can see the book trailer. You also have merchandising. Yeah. You have mugs, cups, T-shirts, a whole lot more. And you can see some of the images of these beings that are in the book. Yes. Uh, if you toggle on every page, uh, you'll see them in color, a different a – different, uh, person from the book on each page and uh and if people want to uh, get an autographed copy of the book just click on uh, contact by book put your info in there and uh you know um uh and then I'll just uh you know I just send them a PayPal and then get the book out to them and okay. autograph it and plus yeah. everybody gets a free uh what do you call it a free um universal seal of protection kitchen magnet as well I have mine so, yeah I wanted it's to ask you about that you, you in in it's a shape of a heart it says universal seal of protection it's been on my refrigerator yeah. since you mailed it to me thank you for this also for the bracelet the i heart to run Little yeah. bracelet, I love it. I'm wearing yeah. it right now. Yeah, but people but can the, get that there too. And the, but the M in the middle. Tell us, tell me what that represents. It's you have three. Well, M's it's, a, it's the three. Yeah, the three, the three M's, which are the you know the the sort of universal trine of of light programs and protection, or uh, the the uh, cobalt blue M is for Archangel Michael. The uh, uh, silver M is for Father Melchizedek for the University of Melchizedek, and uh, mm-hmm. the gold M is for the Arch Archangel Metatron. Okay, I love so, the symbol. Lots of great energy yeah. coming off of this. Well, oh, you, yeah, and you will really. they'll get one and, and while supplies last, I assume. They, they do. Yeah. Yeah, okay. they they everyone gets a free one of those, and if they want to get a bracelet, they just tell me, and I just tack it on. Oh, the bracelet, the picture of the bracelet's on the last page yeah. as well on buy books. Yeah. So go to the website, read the testimonials. You have fantastic um, kudos from Billy Zane, star of Titanic. You have. Uh, 
Kevin Kilner, star of Gene Roddenberry's Earth Final Conflict, he says that Gene would be proud. Phyllis Diller yeah. loves it. I mean, you got yeah. some really great pats on the back from these people. And yeah. um, everybody, if you'd like to contact Craig, and get the book by all means. I, I highly recommend it. Get the book, read it. And if you want to reach out to him, you can, you can reach him through the Cosmic Message Center on his website. I thought that was a, a cute touch, too, Craig. <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all these very deep and um, life-changing concepts and, and your experience. It, it's very brave of you, I think. I don't know how courageous I would be to share experiences like that, although in speaking with you and other people, I am cultivating yeah. that courage and sharing my one, one or two experiences so far. But I look forward to more in the future, and we'll see where it goes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've just uh I've just always thought, you know, it's just better to put your heart out there so that people can see it and then people won't be afraid to talk about it themselves either if they're having the same experience, you know. So, you know, it's all about love in the end. That's all it's that's all it's about. That's what we're all getting to. The ultimate love. <laughs> That's right. I know. So. Oh, well, thank you for, for sharing your beautiful, huge heart with all of us. You are oh, a terrific guy. You. You're, you're thank a good you, egg. Thank you. You're, you're a good egg, too. You're just the best. And thank you for thank going the extra mile with everything. You're, you're the best. Oh, thank you. I, I just can't help myself. It's, <laughs> it's what I do. It's what I do. I, I want to I wanna really... Um, help people and change people's lives so that is our show for today everyone thank you again craig talk to you soon and until next time everyone god bless and be at peace so long for now